The other realm awaits. Welcome everyone to another, please don't listen to this your soul depends on it, hello scream monster terror soda fright, goresome foursome. The energy on this one is going to be a little weird because we are separate from our final episode on Christine. This has been recorded afterwards, before (laughs) Halloween, but after our last episode. So we are... In a bit of a strange mood, we're in a a liminal space between different uh, times. It's almost like we're trapped in some kind of repeating horrific scenario where I have to put on a fake voice and talk about pumpkins for an hour. But I, the only person I could know to talk to about that would be uh, mysteriously named Missing Brother Alex. Hello, that's me. I'm here. And I am your host, perfectly wholesome lover of cotton, Nick. <laughs> now, uh, we are here to talk about Higurashi. Uh, Higurashi, specifically Higurashi no Koroni, uh, which yes. is uh, the anime based on the visual novel, based on the concept of something going horribly wrong uh, to with a bunch of teenagers and there being some some horror elements there but it starts off uh it doesn't start off that way it starts off very pleasant uh the show makes no effort to trick you i would say it does it knows what you're here for especially because maybe you know maybe if you were playing the visual novel i of course don't know because i haven't played the visual novel you could be uh bamboozled by the idea that you were getting into something that was just like hey let's meet these characters and like discover something about ourselves or something like that because there are visual novels like that where it's about more about the relationships between the characters and it's about hey maybe we you need to cope with the loss of a dead friend or maybe we need to like learn what it means to truly be an adult or something like that though there those exist but far more likely is you open up a visual novel and about an hour in i want to say Somebody gets murdered, and it and it does not go well from there. This is type B uh, with lots of type A in it, and yeah, I, I think it's a very deliberate uh, kind of genre meld. I think a, a lot of these kinds of things exist, and I think that like this is in no way like a unique premise. Is like, no cute, cute girls killing each other because that's like half of the mystery uh, murder mystery genre in the anime space as well. Mm-hmm. Right, but um, I think this has a very specific kind of rhythm rhythm that it settles into, where things are like okay for an episode, maybe two, and then mm-hmm. s- everything goes off the rails in a very different way every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, it always leads to something horrific. And uh, yes, they have the four episode arcs uh, as they are described. 
that begin with regular uh, high school adventures of these characters or regular, I guess, school adventures because there's a very wide age range there because leading because the town is so small, they just have one schoolhouse, like it's 1850 or something, which is probably yeah. not that far off considering that the uh, town is specifically like we are set in our ways. We are an old town. We have our own, our own. Yeah. We, we still have our old way of doing things, which it leads yeah, to some fun little plot stuff later. The yeah, the town is very insular. It like almost reads as culty, but they don't really they don't really play it that way. Hinamizawa, um, it, yes, yes, they don't. The town is very very old fashioned, very kind of uh, like you said, set in their ways. They have a particular uh, like unique to them uh, festivals, and they have different religious practices that they stick to that are kind of old hat for the time period that this show takes place in. Now, if Cam's but, listening to this episode, his ears are burning because, hey, you're in this town, and you know what? Their religion is a little weird, but they ever, they seem nice other than that. That is a classic, <laughs> classic horror movie setup, except your yeah. protagonist here is not exi- – like, he's an outsider, but not that much of an outsider. Like, he's been there a while. Yeah. Uh, like, enough time he, – he's, he's got, had enough time the, to get acquainted. Yeah, he's the newest, like, kid in this town, but not – but you get the feeling, I don't know if they say it, but you get the feeling he's been there a couple months at least. And it's yeah. been established. I think they say six knows. months, but I might be yeah. wrong. He, he's settled into a normal life here, and then things start to go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, and um, they don't just go wrong because of one thing, or at least not one central thing in, at the part I've got to. It's, it's kind of a... Uh, you said the wrong thing at lunch one time and your friend misinterpreted <laughs> it and it leads to a fight that you're going to have to deal with on like a colossal scale. Like, yes. like you brought um, up someone's dead brother uh, without knowing that they were dead. And then that is going to, that is going to mean that that person will never talk to you again in real life. But in this show, it might lead to a murder. Uh, yeah, the, the way that I like to frame this show, um, in, I don't actually, th- I know I have not, finish the visual novel for this but i don't think that that's that that's how they adapted this but i like to think of this uh anime adaptation as them adapting all of the bad endings on their way to the real ending or the <laughs> you know the good ending because it is structured like that in a lot of ways if you play a kind of a traditional visual novel with uh different fail states they'll always try and they'll always kill you in a, f- a weird way or insane way mm. um throughout a couple usually uh, the more action one ones. of the visual novels i've spent the most time on virtue's last reward loves to do that yeah. Uh, with the idea that every time they kill you, they are giving you a new piece of information that you couldn't have otherwise found out. Right. Yeah. You're getting kind of, uh, oh, that was uh, that was a bad choice I made. Or, you know, mm-hmm. oh, if I didn't do this one thing, maybe it would have ended differently. No, that wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> yeah. And this, this show kind of plays with that. Um, they don't, it's not, when you're watching it, at least for most of it, it's not, it's more just kind of getting the background for all of this. And then later on, they'll kind of fill through, fill in some of the details. It, for a lot of the first, especially this first season um, of this two season series, they're kind of, you're kind of just along for the ride. You don't, you're not, you're not expected to solve this as a mystery until they give you all the information. It's not, it's very much not a mystery that you could solve, I think. Right. But we're getting into the discussion before we get before we even explain what the hell this is. Yeah. Like I, I gave kind of a very very brief summary. But Alex, why don't you tell me uh, what uh, Higurashi no Koroni is and how you found it? Yeah. So this is um, 
I we're today we're particularly talking about the anime, but we kind of tipped off that this is a uh, this originally was a visual novel. Um, we're talking. I had Nick watch the um, 2006 Studio Dean anime adaptation, um, as distinct from the like weird pseudo sequel they made like two years ago or something. Um, but this which makes is, googling this very difficult if you don't know what the exact term you're looking for is. Yes. Um, and there's like a bunch of side spinoff stuff that just takes the like cute girls part and excises the murder. Um, very weird. But, uh, this is essentially a kind of a small town series. You could read this as like, if you went into this really cynically, you could read this as, oh, this is another one of those cute girl harem type shows where there's an idiot main character and a bunch of girls that like him. Um, they kind of, uh, swerve that by making everyone go insane and kill each other after four episodes which is like when i pitched this to nick i said you know watch at least up to like episode five because mm -hmm. that first arc is four and then they kind of reset everything with the next arc and i think right. that that's a really interesting kind of pitch i think Absolutely. like it's a fun structure for a show like this and you don't get that too much at least in a lot of the anime that i've seen no um, i feel like uh, most anime are are either really serialized where they're going to carry the plot the whole way through or they want to stick to like one or two episode arcs within that structure you know like like having yeah. kind of a four the four episode block is a really fun little th way to do it that i i like especially when they give you that tiny preview of the end of episode four in episode one of each right arc. yeah they they don't they aren't coy about the fact that things are going to end badly they right and the th also the theme song like if is like dripping <laughs> with this stuff but of course yeah. i mean like i was saying the visual novel was already popular before it got animated. Mm -hmm. So there's an idea, there's a, an element of expectation here yeah. with uh, with people who are going to be watching it. Like the people who are watching it, not everyone, but some of them will have played the visual novel. So you're going to be, you're going in like, I can't wait to see my favorite horrible crimes get animated. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of, I came upon this probably, I want to say like mm, 2012 maybe. So it was a couple years after this had come out. Um, uh, so it wasn't contemporary, but I definitely had just heard this on a, a message board or heard someone on YouTube say that this is a, a weird, scary anime. And I'm like, at that point, I had not seen a lot of horror anime that actually I actually thought were suspenseful or scary or interesting. I um, think that most of them are sunk just by the fact that they're on TV, which is something I feel like we've talked about in other... Yeah. Uh, actually, I talked about this in an episode that I haven't posted yet, which uh, will go up uh, probably tomorrow or tonight uh, on uh, Supernatural's uh, Halloween episodes <laughs> oh, nice. with Emily. That's a fun little <laughs> teaser for that. Um, but yeah, I was intrigued because like when someone says like, oh, this is a horror anime that is actually scary or has some imagery that is actually unnerving or gross or disturbing. I was like, oh, man, that sounds cool because this... Because the space of animation, you can do a lot of that kind of thing, but uh, a lot of it, at least in Japanese TV anime, you don't really get. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what brought me to it. I hadn't revisited it in a couple of years, probably since then, since I had my first watch. So I was curious if it was still interesting or notable. Um, and uh, I had Nick watch a few of them. Yeah, I, I definitely... I, I, I did a little rewatch myself. I went back through about halfway through the first season, like the first 12 episodes or so, just to refresh. Mm -hmm. But So this won't be exhaustive. I'm not going to spoil some of the big stuff that happens later. I think right. 
It's uh, mostly just a pitch. Like if you like yeah. anime, I only one saw the first ten episodes. And like, if you <laughs> have the tolerance for this sort of thing, I think you would really. I think it's really fun. Maybe fun's the wrong word. I think it's really interesting. I think it's it's really mm-hmm. it's worth examining. And this may be all like like kind of uh oh played out or pat to somebody who knows the genre and the and everything well but but to me like when it comes to visual novel adapted stories like uh i my knowledge of visual novel anime connections begins and ends with phoenix right like you know i've never watched clanad clanad or anything like that Mm -hmm. I, i haven't done any of those things and I swear to God, everyone who I respect loves Umineko to pieces, and I, I don't <laughs> know anything about it. And that's the same – like, this is the, the origin point for that. So I got to I gotta figure it out. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, if you – if this na- – the name of this show sounds a little familiar, it is probably because you've heard of Umineko Nunaku no Koroni, which is much more popular mm-hmm. now, I think. Yes. But what was kind of a spinoff or – a spiritual successor to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's really related at all. That one is much more about solving a murder, actually. It's about... Uh, that one is more of a mystery, and this one is more of horror. Yeah, it's more of a horror thriller with some mystery elements. Yeah, say. that's that's what I am saying. Uh, I am saying this, of course, having not finished this series and only yeah. having seen nine episodes of it. But uh, this is like... Or, or ten episodes of it. But like I got... Uh, two and a half arcs into this uh, series, into the that's the series's first season, and let me tell you, I really had a I really had a good time with it. I had a good bad time with this. Um, <laughs> I was not wholly sold with the first arc. I was sold enough to continue watching. I was uh, lucky enough to have a day off that I could just spend most of uh, watching this show. And it was a it was a good way to do it. Watching it alone, I think, was great, especially because every single little fucking detail comes back. I'm not allowed to stop paying attention because none of the dialogue is superfluous. Not that it, like dialogue, honestly, you should have some superfluous dialogue in in most things. I think yeah. maybe it's because it started as a visual novel, but right. like uh, they were able to refine it. Yeah, <laughs> by per capita, most of the text in a visual novel is superfluous. Yeah, like you don't need <laughs> to know. You don't need to know ones. everything. But like, yeah, uh, not a single character mentions that they have a favorite food in this. Like the fact that. Uh, you know, the fact that soy sauce was missing from somebody's fridge and a character was like, oh, I have a good bottle of soy sauce. Like that was extremely important to one of the scenes in a later in like a later episode. And I'm thinking love, to myself, like, uh, God damn it. I missed that line. I was looking away for just a second. <laughs> that uh, that very funny in that second arc. Reina is like almost supernaturally a good detective in this mm-hmm. in that second arc it's very funny how immediately she knows what happened after seeing an mm-hmm. empty soy sauce bottle if i um, wanted to defend it i could say uh she's obviously already suspicious because of everything else have has like completely yeah. completely like you know taken away any like good benefit of a doubt uh that you mm-hmm. could give these characters um okay so we have our uh, we have Keichi, who is our main guy. He is uh, a little smarter, a little more clever than our than your normal uh, kind of stand uh, standard bland VN protagonist, standard bland yeah. anime protagonist. He's got he slightly the- more bite to him than uh, your normal than your normal one of those guys. Um, he's got a slightly nicer outfit. I enjoy his vest. 
Uh, his red vest. Yes, his red vest. Uh, the the club that the main characters are in. It's a, you know it's a band in K-On. It's a it's like a, a the the standard one of the ways you you endear people to your characters in a slice of life thing is to give them a big hobby that they all focus around. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it is like the game club where they they like always competing in each other in these different like kind of cerebral ways. And that is you know a, a theme as it goes forward of like these people's strategies, how they like to play games, and what they intend to do against each other and the fact that they will often introduce a game to Keiichi and then be like oh we already know all the rules so we're going to completely dominate you at this game yeah their kind of uh ethos is that they don't they always try their hardest when they play these like you know what are dumb card games board games or like uh, who can eat cotton candy the fastest games Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they always give it their all which is a a funny uh, bit because obviously Keiichi being the newest one in town is almost always at a disadvantage and mm-hmm. has to work around it. But like a lot of that is relegated to the more slice of life beginning parts of the arcs. But this is of course, I'm... after you've seen the gruesome murder that will take place at the end of the arc, you, yes. that, no, that happens first. That happens yes. at the very first thing you see. But I think it's, uh, yeah. Interestingly, I think a lot of that, um, how you get to know the characters from that perspective usually will come in handy later or, uh, shine some light on an aspect of their character that becomes really relevant to the whatever arc that they're on. Green haired um, tall girl Mion Sonazaki, uh, a, like my personal favorite one, maybe because she looks the oldest, but uh, yes. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's because she comes completely strapped to every uh, occasion. I was joking about this with Alex before we recorded Christine that. Uh, I I knew uh, that this anime wasn't fucking around when they introduce one of the main cast and she has a pistol holstered under her arm at all times that no one remarks on. It's a really, really good character detail. And it does square with her backstory, but it's so interesting that they... It is a Chekhov's gun that I don't remember ever going off in the anime. (laughs) I don't think she ever uses the gun. And it's so clearly like a a shoulder holster pistol. It's Mm -hmm. on the outside of her jacket. It's not like... It's a great, great character design. So you go through these arcs one at a time, and and you, you see them play the fun games. You see them get to know each other better. Maybe maybe a little romance blooms. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe uh, two characters get to become better friends. They learn each other's secrets. Maybe they maybe they don't. Maybe there's a fun little excursion with the baseball team or a fa- family bike ride. Like these things are <laughs> so pleasant and nice, and they are to uh, you know set up the dominoes so that they can knock them down later when the gruesome murder happens. And the gruesome murder, at least in the the end of the, of the two uh, arcs I watched, happened because of. Uh, paranoia the first time and jealousy the second time perhaps justified paranoia the first time as there was uh, actually a needle in his uh, in his food so it was not a hallucinated thing um, um anyway uh Keiichi is the is our first like subject of the the uh, uh you know the they they call it a curse but it's more like a a theming thing uh yeah, at least so far of- yeah, it might help to lay that out actually a little bit. So um, this, in, yeah, this town yeah. in Amizawa. I'm gonna give do my best, and please correct me if I, I get anything wrong. Um, in Amizawa, uh, worships Oyashiro, who is yes. uh, one of the like old gods, and to appease, yeah, he's like a real, is the guardian deity of the town, but uh, he's actually like a demon. I, the backstory is like that he's. Uh, like back when this town was the folklore is that this was a town of like half demon, half human people. 
Uh, and like they, it's some old, old Testament shit. <laughs> I believe this uh, is something that Shion brings up in episode uh, seven or so. When she's mm-hmm. like, I'm one of them. And you're like, excuse me? <laughs> like, all right, please explain to me what you mean when you say half demon. Because I've seen a lot of anime. And it doesn't seem to mean the same thing here as it yeah. would there. But this kind of, they kind of couch a lot of this, like, um, really brutal kind of backwoods, almost cultish religious stuff in kind of a very friendly, folksy, old school uh, festival. Uh, which they call the Watanagashi or the Cotton Drifting Festival. And this is a prominent point in every single arc because they kind of reset the timeline every time they do this. Think, you know, you're getting the bad end and you're reloading your save. Mm -hmm. Um, You're starting back from the beginning. And this is usually around when things start to become bad uh, because the folklore is that um, usually uh, the last four or five years... um, on the night of this festival, at least one person dies and at least one person goes missing. Um, and uh, that has uh, that is kind of a precedent throughout this, uh, the, this last four years. And pretty much every one of those previous murders and disappearances factors into someone in our main cast. Um, and you kind of figure out that all of these uh, re- seemingly random disappearances and stuff at first all kind of relate to a character or, an, or another um, and every arc, it's got to happen to somebody mm-hmm. or more than one somebody. <laughs> and the first one is great because it doesn't quite resolve it for you. Yes. Um, it, it definitely hooks you quite well in a way that the other arc that we saw had some resolution, if even if it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> the first arc uh, begins by showing you Keichi beating his uh, two of his schoolmates to death with a baseball bat inside his room. Yes. Um, and then and that's like that's like second one if you're watching the yes, first episode, absolutely, which is a great way to the end. And what a second one it is! I was <laughs> like, okay, so we'll have the slow burn, and then we'll have the murder, and then it's like, no, immediately, immediately, we have the bloodying of these two teens. Mm-hmm. And um, contrary to information you receive later, this does not seem like a fair fight. This is a absolute. This is what would happen if you attack two teens with a baseball bat. It is not good. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, we sort of, when we reach that moment later on in the arc, uh, we it takes a while to get there, all fueled by paranoia, by legitimate information, I assume, given to you by the uh, uh, one of the only adults around. Adults who I gener- generally pretty like, because they don't have a lot of adults usually in anime of this type. Yeah. They tend to kind of push them off to the side. But the adults are real people here. Or I, I, maybe I should uh, shrug off from that word. The adults are the adults are people here with goals of their own, and they are not like revolving around these children's lives. They, yeah. uh, you know, there's uh, a detective who yeah uh, um, is like Oishi. Oishi, is the, yeah, and he it's him talking to Keichi that kind of gets him to realize how suspicious his friends are acting, and because he is put on that trail of suspicion. He does not talk to them much about what's going on. And because he's suspicious, he gets more paranoid. And because he's acting paranoid and suspicious, his friends start to treat him worse because they're like, I don't like the way you're acting towards me. <laughs> and that leads him to be like, ah, oh, my suspicions are confirmed. You guys really are planning to disappear me. Or you guys are the ones who disappeared the photographer or, you know, all these things that could 
potentially be true, but it doesn't. There's no hardcore evidence for them. And Keiichi gets so paranoid that he decimates, he caves two of his friends' heads in with a bat. Yes. And then he's like, what have I done? Uh, I there's There is someone watching me. Uh, I am, he's paranoid, but apparently justifiably so. Uh, as he puts a, he writes a note, hides it in a very specific place uh, that would be, dis- that so that it could be discovered later, and then runs to make a phone call at the nearest phone booth, because this is in 1983, and uh, is found apparently having clawed his own throat out, although it seems yes. clear in the anime that that was some kind of external force doing it. Now, yeah, that is, is a great, this... great horror scene, and I fi- they had money to get it. Uh, animated even nicer, which may, maybe they do later on. Uh, that would be great too. But I just think that that they do a good job. If there was like a if a horror movie just had that ending, it would be good. It would be a good ending to yeah. be like, oh, I've committed this horrible act, but not everything is right. I still need. There's something still wrong, and I can't figure out what it is. Like obviously, these people weren't the threat. I need to get out of here. Yeah, and it it shows I, I you the paranoia that... well. Um, I think that this this first arc is is a great uh, a great pitch to me because I think it's like it is much more self contained than some of the arcs get later because I think a lot of them will start to sprinkle things in for later or you get at that point you have a better understanding of what's going on in the town overall and you know some more of the backstory and how some of these characters are related to some characters who died or disappeared. Um, it gets a little bit more complicated and you start getting a better picture of it. I think this first arc is great at just like how overwhelming all of this stuff is from the start and how you just watch our main character unravel until, because uh, later on, I think he gets a better handle on it, even though there's not really continuity between these arcs no. from a character sense. I think he doesn't break down this much in any any of the other arcs, to my memory, at least. <laughs> right, he does not. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you mentioned the adult characters. I really like Oishi. I think he's um, he's kind of, pervasive across these um these arcs and he's always usually the one to give bad news about who disappeared yeah Um, well you gotta have somebody to say like hey do you know that this person went missing last night because not everyone's gonna know and he is him being like the detective he's pretty much the only police officer in this town or you know he's in a neighboring town but he has jurisdiction over hinamizawa and is one of the guys who's really suspicious of kind of the more culty well i mean um, hinamizawa is not going to have its own police force like it's it's too tiny like why would they they don't even have two schools they have one school And he's kind of, he's very suspicious of the kind of, he thinks the town is kind of behind a lot of these cultish disappearances and such. And he, um, you know, he kind of conscripts Keiichi to help him because he's (laughs) one of the only people that would trust him at all (laughs) from this town. Um, But also in a lot of these arcs, especially in the first one, he uh, seemingly is completely ignorant to how much he's endangering Keiichi just by associating <laughs> with him. Because yeah. all of the characters know this guy. He's the detective. He's always the one poking his nose into the into business. And so by being seen with this guy, he's like, oh, <laughs> that's bad for me. <laughs> I don't know. It's very funny. It is um, funny. I like that. Um, and then two other characters I just want to mention real quick. Um we usually will see uh, the photographer named Tomitake at some point, and we also see, um, I don't believe they name her in the first arc, but um, Takano Mio is the um, blonde-haired girl that is associates with him. Um, they both have kind of interesting relations and are the subjects of multiple disappearances throughout the series. 
Mm -hmm. Um, You can tell there's something more going on with them, I think, from the get-go. Well, simply Um, by how interestingly designed they are, I think, you could tell. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I... I, the series has really held up to me. I have enjoyed so much revisioning it and kind of remembering some of the machinations of the story later and uh, being surprised at how much I forgot. <laughs> um, this series does something expertly, and I, I don't think it's much of a spoiler because I can't describe it accurately enough to really spoil it, which is this show does the best twin switcheroo, identical twin oh. switcheroo, <laughs> It's I have ever <laughs> seen they because they they keep doing it on you. They do it like mm. four or five times within the span of two episodes. It starts yeah. off with you thinking it's happening, but it's not. And then mm. they do it for real and you don't know it's happening. And then they undo it and don't tell you. And then they do tell you and they they keep going back and forth. And I think I'm describing it wrong. I think I might have it backwards a couple of times, which I'm sure is intentional. They want it yes. to be confusing because the because Keishi doesn't know. We have yes. two identical twins who you tell apart by their clothes and the way they weigh their, wear their hair, which, of course, are things that can be changed. Yes. Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out because this is, this is revealed in the second, uh, second major arc. It's mm-hmm. like Because you don't meet uh, Xion. You don't meet Xion until episode five. Yes. Um, um, our green-haired uh, character, Mion, has an identical twin sister named Xion. And you think it's one of those, because this is very early in the second arc. This is still when things are going pretty well. You think it's one of those kind of like anime melodrama redirects where um, you think Mion has an embarrassing job as a waitress and she's just trying to cover it up by saying, oh, I have a sister in Canada that you've never met. Mm -hmm. Well, not, you know, not actually in Canada, but, you know, that's the old joke is that, oh, she doesn't go to school with us. You wouldn't have ever met her. Um, But then the swerve is that she actually does have a twin. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And uh, this whole time, Keiichi is like, oh, sure, you know, like playing along with her mm-hmm. bit to save face. Um, but <laughs> of course, she does. And then uh, Shion just becomes a character in a lot of the show later, uh, kind of just out of seemingly out of this like gag or misdirect. Um, but very fun. Yes. And um, this is where the. Uh where the conflict stems from is from a jealousy, but I'll be, I'll be fucked if I could tell you which, uh, which sister has the problem and which sister is the, <laughs> is the nice one. Cause they, yeah. they, uh, well for starters, they, they say the way they say it, Mion is a little cold and headstrong outwardly, yeah. but she is a She's nice a- person generally, yeah. but she's a little bit more tomboyish. I would say. Right. She is a nice person in a general sense. Um, however, Xion is a is a sweet person outwardly and empty inside, at least if I have it correct. Mm-hmm. And so Mion does a thing where she dresses as Xion so that she feels more comfortable expressing her emotions to Keiichi. When, of course, Keiichi thinks that it is just Xion. But this is a horrible idea because that means that he sees Xion <laughs> yes. as a nice person who is full of emotion that I can be comfortable talking with and telling secrets to and things like that. When it is actually the other way around and you should not be telling Xion <laughs> anything because she yes. will use it to make you into a horrible sacrifice. It's really interesting. And I think a lot of the like kind of low stakes... Um, drama and comedy in the early parts of these arcs 
is kind of heightened by the fact that like they very quickly establish that all of these characters are are very deeply flecked up and capable of a lot of heinous shit um and even if like oh that happened two arcs ago you still know that some, this character in your mind yeah, this like, character can nail your finger fingertips on a board. Oh yeah, I don't want to um, think about that for too long. But um, <laughs> uh, Keiichi, for example, in the second arc, he is a he is a uh, goody good two sh- goody two shoes, uh, sweet little boy protagonist who does not cause any problems directly for anyone. Um, but I remember when he caved those two girls' heads in, so I, I know that he, it is something he is capable of. Yes, as a character, he only needs to be pushed a little bit. He only farther needs to and... be pushed a little bit farther. He only needs someone to tell him the wrong piece of information about one of the mysterious disappearances that happened in this town, in order for him to be the one everyone's afraid of. Yes, or to be thinking he's doing something for a good reason. Right. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's fascinating. It I really like very darkly funny when in episode nine he shows up. <laughs> he shows up to a baseball game not with a bat but with a golf club because he misunderstood yep. somebody saying that they were in a fight and they needed help when yes. they were talking about no we're in a the baseball team is called is called the fighters yes so he's like oh we're in a fight yes <laughs> very funny classic um, misunderstanding but yeah but, and I think, but it's like, like oh they... he was ready to cave some heads in he just he just said <laughs> he just misunderstood so it's fine yeah, and I think they thread that needle between like comedy, drama, and gore really nicely in this series. I think it's it's never too grotesque because I you like I think every every time they do a fucked up thing, you get the kind of release of oh, it's you know I get an episode and a half or two episodes of uh, fun time to set up for the next fucked up murder. Uh, it's it's a cool kind of rhythm it settles into, and I think that's one of the unique things about specifically this adaptation. And I I don't. I had, you know, I've said it a couple times, but I, I've not played the visual novel, and I don't know if that pacing holds up as well there, because you're I have to feel like it's prob- it's probably, gotta be better, right? Like it might, it I might think even you're, be. My guess is you're probably playing like four hours of visual novel to to get to a fucked up thing. I don't know, no or, way, right? Like I could be I, wrong here because I'm. That's not. That's this is conjecture completely, yeah. but I think the pacing of the show an hour and a half does... of anime to get to one murder is not that much in the grand scheme of things i guess it's more like 60 minutes because these are 22 minute episodes yeah so you watch for an hour and then someone dies and usually not just one person <laughs> uh no. is is pretty good in terms of pacing uh i wouldn't really call it slow burn because they're not being subtle about it they're yeah oh, they're yeah. Uh, you know something's coming <laughs> One of the scenes that I really enjoyed uh, that I was telling Alex about is when uh, a character who I believe is Mion, although it could be Xion because God help me if I could keep them <laughs> tell them apart at this point in the story, um, uh, is holding a ladder and Keiichi offhandedly mentions something about uh, like, oh, hey, uh, isn't this just like what happened with that other guy, like Satoshi? Uh, and then like, she's like, oh, well you, you do, you shouldn't say his name like that. You shouldn't be doing anything like that. And like, instead of just saying like, Hey, look, I really wouldn't like it if you talk about it. She starts shaking the ladder that he's on. Like, yeah. and this is like a, a series of the very realistic idea of like death. Like if he <laughs> like falls wrong off this ladder, he is just going to die. But other characters show up as she's jostling this ladder he's on. And then she's like, oh, good timing. Like she recognizes like, oh, I was, I was ready to kill this guy. Uh, 
this is a series that I was joking with Alex about where um, small misunderstandings or like little white lies that people tell in social situations to be polite or for whatever reason could mm. lead to murder or like yes. a, a, as an eventuality. Like nobody will abide them. Uh, in the first arc, Keiji lies and says he's not hungry, to which Reina is like, I will I will never forget this. You have made a slight <laughs> upon my family for generations. Uh, and they do, um, just while I have it on my mind, they do a really fun kind of visual flourish, which I, I they definitely do in the visual novel, too, where they swap, they'll swap, the, swap the sprites out. Um, but anytime a character is being menacing or deathly serious or... Um, having no chill at all uh they'll give them like insane lizard eyes or like really like no expression at all they have the uh giant iris uh anime eyes for the most part yeah they have they get yeah but they get like dilated eyes they get like (laughs) evil hostile eyes and it's such a fun character turn because usually it's my favorite with reyna um the kind of She's kind of coded as a childhood friend character, but not really. Yeah. She's like um, the main one. She's uh, the church she, girl of yeah. a few of them. Uh, she absolutely has no chill at all. Uh, so anytime she gets like, anytime she wants to turn on sicko mode, <laughs> it's like such a good turn for her because she's the most upbeat character generally. Uh, it's just, they just flip the switch and she's like <laughs> batshit. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention uh, I this show is from 2006 and from a studio that doesn't generally make um, great animation, or at least at this time was not known for their great animation. Um, this show does a really good job with, uh, frankly, not great looking jank animation sometimes. Oh, yeah. It, it manages <laughs> it, to make tension work when they don't have a whole lot of things to show. It reminds me of a low budget movie in that way. When it's like, we can't mm-hmm. film a special effect, so we have to make them imagine the special effect. Imagine if we had a special effect here by cutting away to someone's reaction or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. I think they do a really great job with what they have in, in a way that, like, uh, you know, you've uh, there are plenty of anime with in, you know incredible, incredible animation, but I think that they do so well with what they have. There is here. certainly something to be said about this show, but it is an upgrade from no animation, which is the visual novel. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe eventually we'll get uh, there. Yeah. Uh, any more thoughts? Uh, I mean, no, I, I think I've got it all out. I, I really want to continue this. I had a great time in terms of like what it means as a horror anime like people you could say it's a mystery or a thriller or whatever cam loves to joke about the definition stuff but oh, yeah. a horror anime can only work if you don't spend all of the time in horror land you know mm-hmm. like it's hard if you're if you're spending all of your time in in fucked up murder town you're going to get desensitized to it but you need to have a little bit of uh you know the uh, cotton candy eating contest to make the disembowelment work. And this series, visual novel and anime, knows that. And I respect it quite a bit in terms of its pacing. And I think it fits right in to this uh, celebration of the macabre that we have here. So let's dive right in with our ratings. Now, this is very firmly a summer series, zero pumpkins. It is not, that is not this kind of thing. Uh, one of the English translations for the show um, specifically name checks cicadas. So, yes, it's very summer all mm-hmm. the time. And they're very prominent in the series. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I it is. It is. Yeah. It is about summer festivals. It is about summer fun and idyllic summers with friends and the hottest summer killings you have ever experienced. <laughs> and uh, in terms of screams, I don't. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say. Like it, it's it's easy to not really like think about it. You know, like it's maybe maybe two screams for me. Like it's it's like it's definitely like. Uh, when they're holding a hammer nail over someone's hand, I'm pretty scared. I gotta say, and then they yeah, get called they, away, and I'm like, oh well, obviously are, they are not going to do that. And then they do it later, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, so all the barriers have been broken. Uh, this yeah, is I a two screen thing for me. I think they they do a great job at delivering on some fucked up imagery, and I think that that is a, a specific corner of scares that um you don't I, I don't see that much in this space um you know we talked about it earlier but um tv animation uh, especially in the anime space can get pretty tame with that kind of thing um you have to go to the 80s ovas to see the good disembowelments you do uh, but uh-huh. <laughs> but they they do a great job with what they have here Absolutely. and i think that that's that's a couple screams for sure what else do we got? Um, I think we're we're at uh we're at blood here, and I think that oh, this blood, is where this course. uh this is excels. This is a this is like mm. a we got a couple of gallons here. You go to the milk, you go to the the dairy aisle. That those are the containers that you would hold be holding the blood from this series in. Because even though they have to imply a lot of it, because this is TV animation, um, you are getting pretty pretty gruesome violence. And like not yeah. implied, oh, yeah. like you you get to like see it. Not maybe not gore, but like the corpses are on the screen. Mm. You get some good blood and guts stuff mm-hmm. later for sure. I think that there's there's definitely piles and piles of entrails mm-hmm. going on. I <laughs> and uh, all the blood that that those contain. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Tons of blood in the opening and ending credits. Uh, although they don't mm, like make a big deal out of what it is. They're like, Oh, it's just like if so- we use a shot of running water or something in our, in our <laughs> opening, that's how um, important this is to us. So yeah, a couple of gallons. There. Actually, um, while, while you mentioned it, I, I do want to shout out the opening theme. I think it is, it, it is quite good at setting the tone from this being different from a cute girl's moe show. It has a very kind of somber, uh, haunting melody that they, they play at the beginning and it's, it's really good for sitting down and watching an episode of this, even if it's one of the lighthearted episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we got next? Uh, yeah, it's it's time for bats. Uh, I am going to give this uh, 1,983 bats. for. Uh, I, I think that that seems like a good amount here to mm. firmly set it in a time and a place. I see. I think I'm going to go with... Hmm. The amount of bats that it would take to claw out your jugular. I feel like that's perhaps. not that many. That's got to be like eight, I think what? eight or something. Two? Like, well, maybe get yeah, if you were trapped in a phone booth. If you were trapped in a phone booth, it would not be that many. So I suppose it would probably be like maybe three tops. All right. All right. I I hope you have enjoyed this little excursion and go uh, find this series or yeah, or go I think figure it's it out. it's it's a hard one to try and find because we mentioned it a little bit be careful about googling it because a lot of the uh intensely violent scenes are the most famous scenes from this show so it's (laughs) and they've like done a bunch of side stuff and pseudo sequels and stuff one of the funnier Uh, moments i had during the show was during episode five in the violence revealed scene 
at the beginning of that arc, I'm like, I've seen this before, but I didn't know who any of the characters were, so it didn't mean yeah. anything to me. Right. It was somebody else <laughs> using it as an example in like some YouTube video or something. They're like, well, you know, as you as you know about this uh, concept in in anime or this this kind of character type, and they're showing some greed haired girl with a knife, and I don't know who that is. Uh, so it doesn't make it doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean anything to me. But now I know who she is, and I'm like, oh, all right, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, undoubtedly a recommend from me. Oh, I had a great time with it. Anime inclined. Yes, if you if you can stomach this sort of thing, both the gruesome <laughs> murders and the girls with their eyes too far apart, um, you too should enjoy Higurashi when they cry. And we will see you next time with another Terror Sode. Watch out for those cicadas. <laughs> <laughs>